In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about one of the best ways that you can end your sessions and engage your players and keep them thinking about their characters between sessions. This is STA Engage. Welcome to the show. I am your host, as always, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey. In the last episode, we talked about ways you can jumpstart your sessions. Uh, and this is the part two of that episode. We didn't call it a two-parter episode then, but it's a two-parter episode. Spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to talk in this episode about how you can end your session and how you can keep your players engaged between them. Um, go back, check out episode one. It's a great or episode one of this anyways. It's a good way to get started uh, understanding how you can get your game going. And this is a, the, the, the tie up to how everything ends. Before we get into all that, though, uh, please welcome once again, my illustrious co-host, the once again, luminous Michael Dismuke. What's up? Great to be here. Last show, I know we talked about opening, and now we're talking about how to close the game. So I'm glad to be here. I'm actually going to pick your brain a lot, Jeff. Today. Good. This is one of the things I think is the most important part of the, the, the anything you can do. Uh, the goal of the show is to help fans of Star Trek and of the role-playing community better engage with the Star Trek franchise and the Star Trek Adventures RPG, as well as the community at large. Uh, this show is brought to you by the letter L, the number 245 and the support of people like you. So like, subscribe, share, and support us on Patreon. Uh, help us keep the show going for the rest of season one and show your support so that we can make season two a reality. Uh, rewards include getting your name in the credits, uh, invites to live Q&As that are upcoming, uh, and coming soon, access to a back catalog of all the previous podcasts, not all of them, but the ones that I can still find of previous podcasts that I have done. Um, also a behind the scenes look at how we do things here at STA Engage. Um, so you know, give if you can, and if you can't, we totally understand. Um, you can find out more about the people who do sponsor the show, as well as help putting the show together, our production team at Studio Tembo, the fine folks over at Continuing Missions, STA.com, and our <laughs> primary sponsor right, for Season 1, Adventure Inc. Just follow links in the doobly-doo. Um, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about how to wrap up a session. Um, I think wrap-up is is probably the single most important thing you can it's at least as important as opening a show if done right um we were talking earlier too that that one of the things you learn is uh you know act three how that how that you know the game finishes it finishes you don't drag it on too long people are starting to get winded right but you still need a little something from them at the end of the of the game so that's why i'm glad we're going to be talking about this today i need your i need your tutelage right from a from an rp perspective you look at the original series too and you can always see that moment on the bridge between uh between kirk and spock and mccoy they always had these little moments they even do it in the in the computer games a bunch of them where you get this little moment of just wind down um, and that's a really good moment. Um, yep. Your stories are are, are going to span. If your if your stories are going to end on more than if your <laughs> if your stories are going to span more than one session, uh, try to end in a cliffhanger. But don't overdo this. Right? Um, you're going to want to have that moment where they have a chance to wind down and have that role play back and forth. If you can if you can help it. Um, if you always end on a cliffhanger or you always end on a on a on a on a hard note. It doesn't really give players a chance to develop after a major event, right? Then you end up having like a week or more for them to forget all the things that their character was feeling at that moment. I think it's really important that you don't do that. Um, 
if you're gonna use cliffhangers though, uh, for some scenes, changes or cold opens or session ends, um, eventually they don't mean very much. And we wanna make sure you don't jump the shark. That's a term that goes back to the Happy Days TV show. Um, it basically means that you're you're overreaching and you're doing too many stunts to grab ratings or to keep the player's attention. Um, you're really Cisco's mother? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, there's some bad writing in DS9. Um, but yeah, try to make sure that players have that opportunity to wind themselves back down. Yeah, I think again, talking about that wind down time is, you know, it's nice if people go home and, and think about it, but you don't want them dreaming, obsessing, or even being upset leaving the game. You want them to have some resolved emotions. So the best way I can do that oftentimes is let people talk before you split up. So I know oftentimes before I even do the final, final wrap up of the game, I ask them, hey, how do you want this to end? You know, and so they'll have a chance to talk about what could have happened. They review each other's actions. And I really listen to what they say too. So I get a lot of details listening to them talk about where they want the game to go that that informs me for future playing uh, much like with letting them do recaps I can get a lot of story ideas listening to them um, things that they missed or things that I missed or were misconstrued toward during the session so I, I love listening to what they have to say of course my big thing is you have a series of wrap-up questions uh, that you do, Jeff, and I wanted to pick your brain and find out how you get all of this. How do you extract all of this from your players? Yeah, uh, I think I ask a series of questions, and one of the first question I ask really is, uh, well, I guess before I get to that, well, the reason I ask these questions is because I want to make sure that I understand how my players are feeling and what they got from the session, and that really helps inform me how I want to go forward. When I started doing these a few years ago, it changed the way I think about gaming as a whole. And the first question that I ask uh, is what moment stands out most to you, right? So you can see the little graphic we got there. So um, this is a group question. I ask it to the entire group. Um, it's, they all have different answers usually, but sometimes you'll get the same, no big deal. Um, but it's a great way to gauge how your players are seeing the story that you're telling them and what they liked and didn't like about your session that you just ran. If it got their attention, then it's normally a good thing. So, um, yeah, I love that one too. And, and then you also find out what maybe you could, you could mix up with their values later, create new values based off of it too. I could see that question being beneficial for that. Right. It's a great way to gauge just in general, how the players were receiving your last session that you ran. So, um, the next what question. Else? What's that? Oh, what else? Yeah, I'm curious. Oh, yeah. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The next question that I normally ask is who best embodied their character? This is another question I asked the entire group. Um, it feels great to be one of the players that gets picked. Uh, it's a great way to motivate people to try harder to get picked because it really does. You get a sense of, of joy being the one that everyone else thinks did a great job. Um, don't force this question though. Uh, sometimes nobody wants to, to answer because they're all hoping someone else will try to pick them. Um, <laughs> don't ever pick yourself. <laughs> don't do that. Um, you can pick a player if players aren't doing it though. Like if you thought someone really stood out in your mind as a GM, call them on it. Like say, Hey, look, you did a great job. It, it'll help break the tension too. And, and it'll get other players going. Um, and this plays into the mechanic in Star Trek adventures of spotlight. So if correct. people do vote somebody, they could end up getting a spotlight milestone, right? Right. Absolutely. Um, we talk about, I talk a little bit more about the way I do. Um, I think at the end of this episode, we can talk a bit more about how we do. Uh, giving out points. And I, I do want to say that uh, I found some stuff in another game that I want to bring up for doing XP at some point, but I got to figure out how I want to do that episode. Um, cool. 
don't again though don't let players name themselves that's a cheap way out it gets a laugh the first time everybody does it but make them pick somebody that isn't them that way they're helping engage the other people at the table it's very important that we that we make sure that everyone gets engaged as much as possible great questions what else do we have uh, the next question I usually ask is what role playing moment best exemplifies the other person's character to you? And this can be, you can talk about any other character. Um, this is a lot like who best embodied their character, but it is different. Um, I ask each player to name one moment where they felt that they saw another player play their character in a way that is very, that was able to really, that the observer was able to really get it and really get that, who that character is, even if just for a moment um, you go around the table Make sure, you know, you may get the same answer over and over. It's fine. But give everybody a chance to have their moment of, of picking someone that that will help exemplify them. It, it makes the person that does it feel good. And it makes the person answering the question um, think about how they can engage their character better for future sessions so they can be the person picked. No, I love this. I'm I'm actually just wrapped up a game. I'm actually going to go back to my Discord channel and start asking my players these questions. This right. is really good stuff. Um, I would say that of, of all the questions, if you want to skip some for some sessions, this is a good one you can skip from time to time. Um, if it was an RP light session, uh, a lot of combat, or whatever, uh, you don't need it. But if you're doing a heavy RP session, I really do encourage you to, to do this question um, over even the one before it. So... Okay. I think the next question I usually do is what motivated your character and during the session and how do the motivations change? This used to be a two-part question. It never worked as a two-part question, but um, this question is also one that I skip from time to time because there just isn't uh, a lot, or, or it's very obvious what motivated your character or how those motivations changed. Um, sometimes they don't change. You know, the character may not change from episode to episode every time. But uh, having been rewatching Enterprise, I've I've noticed that Archer has a lot of change in every episode that he's in, uh, especially in season three. You get to see a lot more of what motivates him and how that motivation is evolving his character. And that's what you're going for here. Is uh, if a player has a really great heavy RP session with a lot of stressful story, um, this question is the one that you're going to get the most. Uh, helpful response from going forward. Uh, let let them tell you what they what they want to do. This is you're literally asking them what you want to do next. So yeah, th this is great. I'm glad you mentioned Archer. My favorite episode was when he actually stole the warp core. He stole an innocent alien vessel's warp core, making it so they had to take three take three years to get home through that expanse. Horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible action. I loved watching him do it. <laughs> but you get to see why he does it and you get to see what's yeah. moving, moving him forward. And that's something to think about as your character. And that, to me, that question not only helps the GM understand where you want to go next, but it also helps you understand where you want to go next with your character. It's, it's a super, super helpful question. It really is. Uh, the next question I usually do is what did you or your character learn today? And this can be anything you can learn. Your character can learn that there was a, a new type of warp technology or the player could learn that, um, that uh, they didn't see an episode of Star Trek. They thought they had seen, or <laughs> it could be something even more than that. Like they didn't realize that this player can cry on command. That's a great thing to learn. Um, or oh, so they, this isn't talking about in game. This is talking about what the, actual person learned in right. or out the universe huh 
Correct. You can be anything, anything that your character learned, you or your character learned. And it doesn't have to be about something in the game. It can be something about the other players, about the way they like to play their, their character, about the way the GM tells their story. Um, one of the ones that I get sometimes is new players tend to learn that I'm a dick when it comes to being a GM. And then I tend to be really kind of abusive to my players. Um, I get that one a lot. So oh, wow. Uh, I do these questions even when I'm running a one-shot adventure for the store or something like that. So it's really, uh, I get a lot of that one, but. Um, That's this, great. this also lets you hear the the things that they that your player uh, might be missing and either you can either change the story or drop something bigger to, to make sure they get the hints that you want them to get. Um, if your player, if you drop a, a hint that the Zindi are a five race conglomerate and the players think that the Zindi are really Zenkethi, um, they may have missed the point and you may need to to bludgeon them more effectively next session. <laughs> Good point. Um, the next question I ask usually is good idea, bad idea. And I got this idea straight from the old Tom Bodet skits on Animaniacs. For those of you who don't know who Tom Bodet is, he will leave the light on for you. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you had a terrible 90s uh, or you're too young. The show is coming back though, so check it out. Uh, but the idea here is that players get a little cooldown time. This is a little bit of fun they can have. Good idea, bad idea. Uh, the good idea, bad ideas are often the same thing. So... Um, like an example, uh, and these are pretty much from the show Animaniacs, um, good idea is visiting the circus. A bad idea is having the circus visit you, right? Um, or like volunteering to join the, your friend on a cling, you know, to, to help him with his Klingon honor ritual. That's a good idea. But the bad idea is volunteering to join your friend in his Klingon honor ritual that involves pain sticks that are being hit to, you know, struck to your face. You don't want to do that. Um, this is a fun question and it really does help everybody wind down and, and remember that it's just a game. No matter how stressful your session was, it's just a game. And this question reminds everyone of that. So I love that. How, how does that one work in conjunction? Um, it, it has to be something from the current game that, that they do that with. Yeah. The current session is how I usually make sure that you do it. Like what was the good idea from the session? What was the bad idea from the session? And like I said, they don't always have to be tied together, but they usually are. Um, Got it. I've had players who were, uh, well, one of the ones they were infiltrating a Zenkethi base. Um, they were disguised as Zenkethi because in my world, Zenkethi are not the giant uh, lizards. They're actually cat people because um, I started way before. Uh, anyway, the they were infiltrating them and they were uh, forcing their way in through conversation. Like they were lying about who they were. And it was great until the tables got turned on them. Like, they pretended to be these inspectors. And then the people in the base were asking them the questions that they couldn't answer anymore because they weren't really the inspectors. So it's a good idea, bad idea kind of situation. So got it. Got it. Uh, the next question I like to ask, and this is a good one, I think, to help players feel better, is what did you see from another player or character that you'd like to see more of in the future? Um, this is a per player question. Ask everybody this question. Um, you don't need to ask everyone, but you should. Uh, the real purpose of this question, though, is twofold, and you can steer it uh, how you need to in order to get the results that you want. So the, what, the first reason to ask this question is it's a great way to reinforce positive player behavior. If a player does something that you really like them to do, you can engage them and, and let them know, hey, look, this thing you did made everyone happy, made the game better because you did it. Uh, two is it's a way to help a less than good player. Uh, uh, you can help point out a player's poor behavior 
Uh, you can you can call it to their attention in a positive way. Um, I, this I is, see that like maybe you have a really talkative player, and it's like, I really think that that player did really well when they spent time observing and listening. Correct. That's exactly <laughs> it. It's a tricky thing to do, um, but if you can if you can point out something a player did that is contrary to the things they normally do. Uh, mm-hmm. you can you can highlight that in a way that helps educate the player um, without having to offend anybody, right? Um, Sounds good. Yeah. Safe. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to help better players be better players. How, you know, um, I use it a lot. So it's a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good way to start educating people on how to be better players in your game because um, you can highlight the things that you want them to be able to do. Um, and that's the thing we're going to get into another episode is how to be a better player. Um, this is one of the things we talk about. So nice. I know, I know your last question actually helps us be better GMs. What's that? Uh, this one is again, very similar. It's, it's, if you could change one thing about the session, what would it be? Um, I like this question because it's a way for players to give negative feedback, uh, in a positive way to the game master. Um, your phrasing of the question, you're phrasing the question in a way that invites the players to not only say what they didn't like about the session, but it also forces them to consider your position when they're talking about it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's also a great feeling when you start getting sessions where players honestly don't have anything they can change about the session because um, you've done everything you can do to make the game the best you can for them. Um, although That's cool. Yeah, because yeah, I've I experimented a couple of times with different types of playing styles or GMing sure. styles, and and I've never asked that question specifically. But after the game didn't feel right, I'm like, hey, what did you guys prefer, this or that? And that helped a lot. Right. Yeah. Feedback is essential, right? And and if you don't, if the players don't have anything, they don't feel like they want to give anything, you can address something that you didn't like. That either a player did, or more specifically, things that you did about the session that you would have liked to have done better. But always be positive. These questions, and in particular these last couple of questions are meant to help everyone improve. So don't bag on anybody. This is about making the game better for everyone at your table. So this is awesome. Like I said, I literally am going to do uh, head on the discord after this and uh, start, start sending those questions out. These will be super helpful in helping me be a better GM and ha- helping them have a better time playing. Yeah. They're probably the single most important adding these into my game probably was the single most important thing to uh, taking my game to the next level. Uh, I was a fairly good GM before, if I want to be modest, but um, using these questions, I think I really become a much more attentive and attuned game master to what's going on. Um, and it's made running Star Trek easier because to me, Star Trek was one of the hardest games to run. So Very nice. I wanted to also include, what do you do for, um, you know, those are the wrap up questions, but what about downtime in a game you know now that everything's blowing up all the time or getting electrocuted so so what do you do about that uh for me this is the easiest part of any any episode right so i asked the players to write personal journals and or duty logs uh, in star trek it's super easy because everyone does logs anyways generally speaking um in other games i would ask them to journals um, these aren't mandatory uh, they are optional and i often do give xp boosts uh in star trek what i do though is i actually give determination um, if you do a log you get an extra point of determination to start the campaign, the next session, which means you could technically start with two because the rules say you get one every session. Um, and if you have determination uh, or if the entire crew do logs, um, I'll give momentum at the start of the game because the game's the players don't start with momentum, but the GM does start with threat. 
So that's new. I, I really focused it on the difference between them getting a normal milestone. And if someone really was the crux of the adventure, you know, a, a, a spotlight milestone or arch milestone, if they do it consistently. Um, so you're using determination and momentum to incentivize. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. I use the, the, because I don't want characters to change too much, right? That you don't see, you see growth in Star Trek, but you don't see like dramatic growth. You start getting into uh, arc milestones, stuff like that. It, you end up overpowering character really fast. Um, there's a very narrow sweet spot in Star Trek, I think, um, as far as like the curve of, of skill completion. Yeah, we've even slowed down. We, we've pretty much dumped reputation out of our game because the story can tell you where people are at, even though I still can't understand why Ensign Kim was an ensign for some. <sighs> yeah, that's a whole nother episode in itself. Um, I do like, though, I, I agree with you. I don't use reputation in my game, um, but I do use the concept of reputation. I don't use the actual statistic, but right. if a player is going to have done all these amazing things, they should be recognized for those things they've done. So yep. um, I also encourage people to role play between sessions, uh, not just in person, but on chats. And my, my wife does a lot of this. Uh, mm -hmm. We do like over chats, like on Facebook or discord. Um, and my discord channels now, any game that I'm running on discord has its own group that's hidden and there's a room in there for role-playing. Um, but you can also do it on Google Docs. It's really fun to do it in Google Docs so you can see when someone else is typing. Uh, <laughs> that is it's cool. good, but you want to make sure that other players have a chance to see what you're talking about. Like, let everyone see your role-play. There should never be, in my opinion, there should never be secret role-playing. Um, every player should be able to see what every other player is doing. In a previous episode, I talked about never getting up from the table. And this is what I mean. Like, observe and watch, because these questions that I've asked... Uh, you, if you don't see someone else's amazing role playing moment, you can't reward that player um, mm -hmm. by telling them how much you enjoyed their moment. Uh, I think it's important. Yeah, um, we talked about that too. I said sometimes on Discord, it's it's fun to do that just for suspense. But yeah, uh, yeah you definitely want don't want to overdo that. Yeah, there's there are times and places for all of it. Um, another thing that players can do is write letters back home if they don't want to write a log. Um, I need to actually write a couple letters for my character in my Monday night game that I'm playing. Um, but I have just, I've been so busy. I haven't gotten around to it yet. So, um, all right. I don't think else as far as that stuff goes. And that's pretty much how I run games. How do you wrap up your games? Well, well, again, I, I finished with the mission logs, you know, for that, we talked about doing mission logs. I also create a separate, um, a separate forum about the game, the campaign, especially if I'm playing someone, another author's module, I actually say, hey, what did you all think of this module? As people may know who go to continuing missions at uh, TA.com is I created something called the triple rating system. <laughs> That's how I rate the different modules and campaigns out there. And I actually let my players be the ones who are making the comments about it. And then from there decide the triple rating. So, so I do get a lot of um, input from them on, on the games we're running that way. Yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Is, is getting, getting the feedback. Like there are a lot of ways that you can engage the players at the start and at the end of your sessions. Uh, sure. The RP that happens during the game is the most important part of any game, uh, but a strong start and an introspective finish are just a couple of ways that you can, that I have improved my games. Um, the most, uh, it's mostly about helping players and game masters feel a little bit more comfortable as themselves and around the table in their second skins. Your job as a GM isn't just to know the rules uh, or dash the inspirations of your, uh, the aspirations of your characters um, or, you know, laugh maniacally behind your screen as you TPK the entire world. Your job is to connect to people around your table, sharing in your vision and telling your stories. 
maybe your most important job as a GM is being a positive part of the experience that you and that you all share together. Uh, we only have so many hours in, in this life. And the fact that that people want to spend that, that you want to spend the time doing this thing with these people and that they are going to spend the what little time they have being part of that experience with you. Don't waste that. It's, it's, it's a gift that not everyone gets. Um, don't be the reason that someone has a bad time gaming. Um, stay strong, start strong, play strong and strong. Uh, use the time that you have to listen to your table and to be the positive memories that the other people at your table walk away with. If you're a player or a GM, doesn't matter, you're a storyteller. That's how we exist in the world. And I, after all, there's a great quote paraphrased from Doctor Who, we're all just stories in the end. So make your characters and yours a good one. Uh, love it, love it, love it, love it. I'm gonna make this required watching for all my players. Good, share it with everybody. Um, on that note, we're going to call this episode a wrap. Next time, we're going to talk about crafting new aliens and how to introduce them into your uh, to your unsuspecting players. I have some special guests for that episode, too. So tune in next time for First Contact or Don't Shoot That Green Shit at Me. <laughs> uh, anyway, until then, uh, if you like what you hear in this episode or any of our show and you want to help us out, share this episode with one other person who might enjoy it. Uh, and enjoy what we're doing. I am your host, Dr. RPG Jeff Harvey, and on behalf of myself, my co-host, Michael Dismuke, and everyone that works here behind the scenes, live long and prosper.